I love that ad. I love that ad. I love that ad. And hello, and welcome to another episode of I Love That Ad. I am your host, Shane Brennan, joined as always by my wonderful colleague, Aaron Chalk. And today, we have a very special guest. We are joined by the immaculate Susan McAteer, UX designer and brand manager. How's it going, Sue? Good. I've never been introduced as immaculate before, but I, I think I might start it. demanding it. It just, it was because McAteer, Immaculate, I was like, it just came into my head and I was like, yeah, just improv, improv, improv. Perfection. Delighted to have you on. And um, so what has been your favorite episode to date? Do you have one? Oh, I can't believe I actually didn't think of this. So I'm usually a cool, like three months behind. Um, So nothing recent. It's not how I roll with it. Um, Good coverage for yourself there, Susan. I did. Good coverage. Uh, I mean, I loved the Guinness one. And that's because, well, we had another firm favorite of... uh, yeah, of Mr. Mr. Keen in the mix. Um, so what was there not mm-hmm. to like? And you know, a little location episode. Um, so yeah, I think that one is right up there. Interesting, because that's uh, we've actually got that feedback from a few people that that's, our, that's their favorite. Now, obviously, the ads in, in the, that episode as well. Are, we've got pretty good content to work with there. We do. None of it ours. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, and the location, like eventually we do hope to get out of these uh these four walls of uh, of zoom and a bit more location stuff because that was really fun to be allowed to drink or be able to drink because otherwise it'd be really sad mm. i've thought about it sometimes should we drink during the zoom version and it's like most of the time it's 11 a.m potentially on a tuesday wait 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 wait. yeah you're not drinking during the- <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> right that explains why you slur your words i need to reassess a few things in my life <laughs> Um, so Sue, what is uh, life like at the moment? Um, you're over in you're over in uh, Edinburgh. I am indeed. Yeah. Um, as a brand manager, UX designer in a COVID world. Oh, this is it. Um, I feel like I'm not going to kind of come out with anything to match that kind of phrasing, but yeah, it's not too bad. Um, I'm kind of in and out of the office. There's enough kind of exciting stuff going on. But also, yeah, looking forward to to being out on location in various guises myself. Yeah. And do you find, especially with brand management stuff, because everything's really gone online. Mm-hmm. So like I'd say having to manage a, a brands and their complete identity online, whereas before maybe online was a bit more of a, not always an afterthought, but a little bit of an afterthought, maybe 50-50. Now it's like 80% of a lot of people's yeah. work, you know? And particularly, so I, I've worked in kind of galleries and museums for most of my mm-hmm. professional career and digital would always be like, it'd be definitely an afterthought. It'd be like, stupid a digital. And it's like, that's digital without any kind of confirmation of what was meant by that or what we, what we would cover by digital. Yeah. So yeah, definitely in some of the, the stuff I've been working on during lockdown, it's um, a big pivot, but sure, exciting yeah. stuff you can do all the same. No, 100%. Um, yeah, and just for anyone listening, how we know Susan is we know Susan from DCU, hence why she knows Mr. Dermot Keane as well. She is good alumni of that uh, amazing universe. Class of 2010. Hashtag DCU. Is it 2010? I would not have known that yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah, We're doing some amount of work for that uh, for the, for the uh, marketing department at DCU, just getting all these DCU heads out into the public with, our, with the I Love That ad. Uh, podcast the amount of alumni we have on it 
Yeah, we do have an awful lot. It just shows that the top quality people go to DCU. That's all that that's all that says. You know what I mean? DCU, we are open to sponsorship. (laughs) We would even take a location. Like that would be fun. You know, anything. We take anything, even a free panini in the in the cafeteria. Like we're grand. We're easy. We're easy. And Shane, that reminds me while we're on the subject, if you're thinking of a masters, uh why not think of DC? (laughs) No, that's not (laughs) <laughs> they have a wide selection you see on your screen now you'll see the dcu website uh, elevator just music. include four, 422 in the in the yeah. promo box okay so uh on that sue you did mention that you worked in the art world most of your professional career mm-hmm. and i believe that has influenced your your picks for today would you like to tee up your first yeah one? so whenever yeah i was talking about coming on the first ad that came to my mind is this one that, well, it's kind of like a bit of a thorn in the side of many a, many a person in the art world, which is also kind of what makes it so great. Um, but essentially it is a campaign by the v in London, uh, the museum. Have, you, have either of you been before? No. You haven't? No. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, you should definitely go next time you get the chance. So essentially it is an art and design museum based in London and they it started out in like the 1800s as a design school and progressed into a museum and basically come the kind of middle of the 20th century it was losing its way and wasn't really kind of attracting visitors anymore and it become quite an elitist institution which is kind of unsurprising for the kind of art museum world that this is what can happen so in 1988, they brought on Sachi and Sachi to do a campaign for them to try and make the museum more approachable and ultimately to get people through the door again. So Sachi and Sachi came up with a campaign that was mainly print. It did say now whenever I've been looking into it that there was a TV ad, but I've not been able mm-hmm. to find it. Um, but the print ad is the kind of one that really sticks out and that was the the whole kind of premise was told through this medium so uh, basically what they did was they took objects from the collection um, and really kind of quite famous ones or either objects that you know are a bit contemporary and a bit odd and usually a bit off-putting for people and created posters where the tagline for all of them was an ace calf with a museum attached or with quite a nice museum attached so that was the tagline mm-hmm. that they put on everything we'll, so we'll bring right. them up on screen now for the for the viewers right so so is there any particular one within this collection that you really liked or did you like so all of them? i think the main thing that works is the tagline of course so an ace cafe mm-hmm. with quite a good museum attached you know obviously it's super tongue-in-cheek I mean the cafe is unbelievable so it is in this kind of very grand kind of you know 1800s architecture and stunning but you know at that time in particular so late 80s you know the whole kind of cafe shop in the museum not your most common concept yet and like a concept Mm -hmm. that the art world didn't really want to embrace so it's definitely it was like a bit of a a slap in the face then to the curators and and the people who worked there they were not into it but you know each poster then takes a different tagline Mm -hmm. which I kind of love how it just speaks to like the era as well it's such like an 80s sensibility where it'll be like you know 
a bit of you know modernism with your egg crest salad or something yeah. it's just like oh jeez the egg crest but um they even took a a few steps further it feels so if you've seen some of the images they haven't just like taken a picture of the object in the collection they've done something with it so mm. say they have one where it's quite a classical statue and they have this woman's hand covering it but like mm. then there's like one finger on the hand that's not painted every other yeah. finger is painted and you're just like i'm very uncomfortable by it but also very intrigued so they've made these quite surrealist images as well and actually it's funny because looking at those images i'm like jesus they're nearly art themselves mm. and sure aren't the posters now in the vna collection i love that so they Holy actually the ads themselves circle. have become a piece of the design collection as an example it's it's a very interesting campaign um like what i love about it i imagine the brief was yeah we're not getting any footfall um from the business side of of the gallery being like obviously to even bring sachi and sachi on how do we get football and for Sachi to bring in that kind of non-artistic consumerism it's like okay we need to make this accessible to people people think this is too they are terrified to walk in this door because they don't know what's in here and they they're they're scared they're going to break something or do something to ruin it that's why I thought it's very interesting to have them interacting with the art in the poster because even touching you know like when you're in a museum and you're being very quiet and you're looking at stuff and you don't touch anything and having like <clears throat> hand on on a very expensive piece of art is but in its own right very jarring mm -hmm. i think um and then the coffee like about making it flipping the whole thing on his head and making it about a good cafe and the art is just kind of there you know what i mean it's um it's just like having a pub with the match on is the equivalent of what they're trying mm -hmm. to do um, it's a bit droll but yeah now it is i suppose as susan said like if it hadn't been done before it is the 80s it's an era like it is 88 right mm -hmm. so like i was born that year so like i was even looking at the the fingernail thing i was like maybe that was a thing in the <laughs> 80s that you didn't paint all like i don't know i was like that could have been the 80s were fucking mad <laughs> like um but i just think it's i think it's brilliant i think it's really really different and i just love how yeah they completely just like yeah as you said Sue, like their their wording their wording is is all mm -hmm. like not all over it but it's wordy like the sentences are it's not yeah. like and the tagline is small but like there's nothing wrong with modern art that a good cup of tea won't cure like that is a mouthful uh, yeah it's it's you know she's quite verbose you might say mm. but uh it's just it's even yeah it's all the language being very colloquial and kind of throw away yeah, well, that, 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 that main yeah. tagline in itself, an ace calf. Yeah, a nice museum. Like it's very conversational uh, type type of language. So it is, but it, I, I I do think the the imagery. You know, you're saying about the the hand and the, the the nail being unpainted. It's as if they've deliberately tried to be unsettling. Because even if you look at the one with the chair, mm. it's like they deliberately put didn't put the foot on the chair but made it look like it was on the chair, but not enough that it's believable. It's like it's de trying to get you into that false sense of, wait, what? You know, mm -hmm. that double take. And that's yeah. that's a, a theme in itself. Or even the cup hiding behind what looks like a, a spearhead. You're like, you have to look at that and go, what is it hiding behind? What, what, and you're what not object even, of art is that? Like, what I think is interesting is 
I imagine they perceive people perceive the gallery as prim and proper and polished and measured and clean and quiet. And they were like, yeah, let's have the leg be out of focus. Mm-hmm. Let's ha- you know what I mean? And let's let's not have her nails be all done. Let's have the cup not be symmetrical. And you can't even really see the design on it. Yeah. You know, everything was really let's use wor- like on almost unedited sentences let's not make it like what people expect at all throw everything on its head um i just think it's and then ignore the fact they've done that in imagery and talk about the cafe (laughs) do you know what the imagery reminds me of do you ever see in peep show whenever super hands takes over a pub and it's so run down and there's like a washing machine in the middle Mm -hmm. they're like well we have to clean up to get rid of this and he's like no washing machine stays he's like they were like why and he's like you know, people come in and they're like, what the fuck is a washing machine doing here? I need a fucking pint. Yeah. It's, it kind of nearly reminds you of that, where you have to do that double take yeah. to then take the message away. Um, but yeah. I love as well what you were saying about, you know, that they use like calf. And as I say, this like, this cafe, it's like the grandeur of it is so yeah. like off the charts. And for them to just kind of equate it to like a greasy spoon is, uh, yeah. is that extra layer of it. That's great. I imagine like a very uh, 80s film type narrative of like the the curator in this being disgusted and being afraid all the the slobs and uneducated people were going to come looking for this greasy greasy spoon calf in their lovely museum and they'll be treading mud there in with probably them. were and those conversations like i i wouldn't say so i wouldn't put it past it but what's funny as all is that you know the experience of going to a museum now like you go and you expect a nice cafe like often that's kind of the primary reason people are going you're you're kind of your visit is bookended by cafe and shop mm-hmm. and it's kind of the job of the museum now to kind of if you get people in the door and then push them from the cafe to to see the art like that's increasingly an important strategy and like you know the importance of the cafe i think it was maybe about 3 years ago that Tate advertised for so they didn't call it a barista they called it something like a coffee master, you know, something, yeah, of this kind of ridiculous title. And the job description, even it went into all this detail. It was like, you know, oh, must be, you know, adept at fiend separation or all this kind of thing. And the salary that was going for this barista role was more than a curator's job at the gallery. And so, I mean, if that doesn't illustrate yeah, the value and the kind of level then that that's gone to in recent years, you know. Amazing. Okay, well, I think that's first of all that's a really that's a really cool entry. It's and it's not like anything we've looked no, at before. That's very so different. yeah, that, yeah, it's great. Really love that. Um, okay, so do you want to tee up your tee up your air? Yeah, like, like, that was a slow. <laughs> <shake> <laughs> that's the first head. one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, delving um, into more esoteric. Uh, no, uh, yeah. we're actually we're going then even further accessible, but we're staying in the art world. Amazing. <clears throat> okay, let's go. So the second one uh, that then I wanted to discuss, um, as I say, still kind of then in the visual art realm. So a theme has started to emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is from SF MoMA, which is the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. And basically, mm-hmm. this is a campaign that they ran uh, in-house. So it was with their digital team that in 2017, they came up with this campaign, uh, which was called Send Me SF MoMA. And essentially what it was is that they created 
a text line that it was only based in the States, but you could text, send me something. And so, you know, it could be send me sunshine, send me door, or you could be like, send me emoji. And whenever you texted that, you got back a artwork from the San Francisco Museum collection. So you got a picture of the artwork and then you just got like the title and the artist that corresponded to that. So they kind of essentially created this API which had all these tags which could respond to these. And I'm pretty sure they set it up that, you know, you wouldn't just get the same one. So if you send cat, you would get a different one every time. It wouldn't just kind of yeah. have it set up like that. And essentially their aim was to make the collection more accessible. So at SFMOMA, and this is the case with, you know, pretty much any gallery or museum, they have such big collections that you can only display about, so in this case, 5% of the collection at any one time. And yeah. I mean, even the work of changing out a painting is huge. So they'll often put 5% on display and that'll be it on display for, you know, a good while, a few years maybe. So the idea was how can we, you know, show the rest of this art, you know, these are collections that are meant to be there for the public consumption. So how do we get those out there? And how do we get people interested? And equally, it kind of, it takes away these barriers to access. So whether, kind of like what you were saying there, Shane, whether it's about the uneasiness of even entering a gallery <clears throat> and not feeling it's for you, or, you know, you're just too far away. Over in the States, a lot of galleries, uh, you do have to pay entry. So then that's a huge barrier. So by doing this, they're <clears throat> just introducing art in a really just easy way, but also in like in the language that people are used to. So in texting language and things that we do every day. And they expected, so they launched it, I think in the July and they were hoping by the end of the summer to have a hundred thousand uh, responses or kind of uh, messages that was their aim but you know by that point they had gotten millions so wow. it's one of these campaigns that it feels like in-house they were like sure this would be a nice wee project and it totally took off and you know they mm. got they got great coverage for it and coverage that a gallery wouldn't normally get you know so kind mm. of on your prime time spots your you know um, morning America kind of style things and you had some celebrities using it and I think it was Neil Patrick Harris messaged an octopus and like literally broke their servers. So, you know, it was unprecedented kind of where it went for them. But mm. I've never seen a campaign from a gallery <laughs> do a digital project this well. Often they can be a little bit behind in the digital kind of, you know, taking it on and taking the opportunity on. So I think this one really illustrates what is possible. And, you know, mm. whenever I've kind of read stuff from the team that produced it, they really took away. So they kind of, they hampered themselves a little bit because they put anonymity on area codes and other aspects of the data that was coming in. So, I mean, kind of lovely from an audience point of view that you know that it's not just a kind of exercise to to mind the audience or understand them more but mm -hmm. equally that it doesn't let the organization understand the audience more in a way yeah um but whenever you know i've read things they 
they talk in this way of how they actually got to engage with their audience in a totally different way. And, you know, text messaging in particular, you know, it's, it's where we kind of lead our personal lives. So, you know, we'll text family and friends, you know, we don't not like email, you know, which can have a variety of purposes. So it was bringing art into this more personal realm. And there was just some really nice anecdotal stories that they gathered to say, you know, there was one user who, you know, lived in a state where like it never rains and every day they would ask for rain. They'd be like, send me rain. And, you know, it was like, they could see that every day in a row they had sent that. So it was, it's quite emotive, I think, essentially Mm, as a campaign. Very, uh, how would you say it? Like uh, accessibility is, is, is definitely the right word, but to make it so accessible, do you know what I mean? For that person to like, to, as opposed to that person just going on and putting on a YouTube video of rain, right? Because why would you bother doing that? But to have the feeling that they get to go out and interact with an amazing collection of art and artists every day <clears throat> just with a single world word request. You know what I mean? And for someone to service that for them is um is pretty it's 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 very impressive. You can see the power you know what I mean, you can feel when you this campaign you can feel mm-hmm. the power of it of what they're actually doing with art by digitizing it and, and supplying it to the masses. They say like it's, it's art on yeah. demand. You know what I mean? Um, and there's an element of the Google. Are you feeling lucky with it? Cause you don't know what you're going to get. And so that's somewhat gamified as well. Like there's a, and like, I think people underestimate when we look at audiences and we're trying to, speak to audiences and particularly if say you have something like a museum or something that potentially is a, a source of education but also a mm-hmm. source of entertainment right it's a lot of people are bored you know what i mean a lot of people in in this life they've access to so much information and so much netflix what will we watch and then they end up in a fight that they don't know what to watch and me and aaron were only having this conversation the other day that i would adore for someone to curate the films i watch you know what i mean as in just yeah watch these ones done um, and there's an element of that. It's like I can just whatever word comes into my head, someone's going to send me an amazing piece of art, and I don't have to ask anything else about it. I don't have to think any more about it. I just go from there when I read about it, and if or not, I love it. And I just think there's so much, there's so much power in that. And true, it's not true. Facebook, it's not true. Instagram, it's not true. It's true text, and every exactly. phone has text. I think that's the the other element of it. You know, it's not relying, and again, because that kind of comes into the the data of it you know there can be a discomfort mm. of of running campaigns through social because of all the the implications mm. of privacy around it so and there's a there, there's an different. action by the texture as well so they're they're the ones who make the first move uh that they yeah. for example that rain request they text and then not only are they getting a response because they want a response but they're getting as you said a response of an amazing piece of art and art in itself has such the ability to move and you could talk about that for you know hours and upon hours so like they're getting this really emotive loaded thing about a topic that they have a clearly have a preference for because that's what they they asked for i think that that's what makes it even more powerful and if you didn't know this was 2017 this has like the hallmarks of a covid pivot yes the museum would have made it does. it's it's it uh, has all those type of hallmarks, but they're way ahead of it, and they were just doing it anyways uh, to get to get the most out of that ninety five 
percent of the collection that's just hidden under dust covers in in the basement it's amazing yeah, and, it's way ahead of its and time you know they actually they closed the project down in february 2020 which is probably slightly unfortunate timing because it could have had another <laughs> i mean i'm not the one that said it um correlation causation <laughs> we're just about to get blocked on every platform <laughs> um but they actually so they closed the project um and i read from the kind of digital team that because <clears throat> what can happen a lot in institutions is you know right so you have this great idea and then yeah so it obviously exceeds expectations and it was just kind of continuing to run without kind of then any further mm -hmm. momentum behind it and no evolution. evolution and they were a bit like do you know what it's actually quite costly to continue to run something and to just allow it to peter out and just have it exist so they decided to actually close off the project so that then they could put energy into you know thinking of the next thing which i think is is good you know you don't need to have these legacy yeah. platforms or, or legacy things just kind of still running for the sake of it either yeah yeah i agree like as i know from working with brands when i was a little bit younger oh we send out a a newsletter why does anyone read it and it's like oh i don't know but well, we've always done it and it's kind of like it's amazing to see something this innovative potentially i like the fact that they were able to pull it before it became that for 20 years for in 20 years the same yeah. intern is like no one even has text on their phone some people do you know <laughs> <laughs> like um yeah i love uh, what knowing when to to call it and be like yep yeah, this this succeeded for us um on the geo data did they know if it was all coming from from America or was coming internationally? Is it coming? They did they have, they didn't have any state breakdown. So they only launched it in the US, um, and okay. it was one of these things where you know from kind of looking around the project, it seems like there was well, it's this kind of thing where then there was a lot of interest, and I think that there was a line for a while of kind of oh we'll explore kind of doing it internationally or partnering with other museums so that they can do it, but you know i think the value in it more so to kind of kick other museums up the arse to well what can we do and because mm. the line of so many you know museums and galleries particularly ones that are publicly funded it's like well it's literally our duty to make art accessible to the public that you know kind of help keep the lights on so they have to think of ways to to get people in and you know this kind of one is just such a good example it's such a simple idea but so effective yeah 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 it's class like it's one of those ones we talk about these sometimes on the podcast but it's one of those ones where you're like for, from working in advertising and especially in ideation which me and Aaron do which is just like little projects like this like trying to come up with something that's completely insular and try and applying it to a brand this makes mm -hmm. you jealous yeah you're I like this is so that. good yeah and then it makes you go it, it's but it's great I love seeing stuff like that because it, it kicks you in the ass mm -hmm. so you're like yeah no that is possible you know that like that's just text and jpegs that's all that yeah. is <laughs> and it's something unbelievable you know what i mean um yeah i think it's it's that's fabulous that's one, that's so one of the best campaigns i've seen in a long time genuinely that is yeah. that's that's top drawer yeah no very impressed very Don't. impressed susan you are you are on Ooh, fire we teetering on the edge there oh, for a while oh. now now it's going to be hard to follow that well now we've got a, a very tenuous link to carry us through <laughs> just because i really love the next ad um Coca noodles. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> um 
So, well, like my, my, my link is that essentially we've talked about the arts mm-hmm. and this ad now uses the arts as a vehicle for a different product. Okay. Um, so um, the third ad is from Kenzo, mm-hmm. which is a kind of luxury high-end brand. Um, they're French Japanese, I think. Um, so they are this kind of quirky offbeat yeah. brand in the fashion sphere. And so in 2018, they were launching their first perfume. So we've gone into the perfume ad territory. Um, but this is finally. I, I know. Have you chatted about perfume? Well, no. spoiler in case you have, and I'm just not there yet. No, no, we've we've yeah. we've joked about doing perfume ads but we haven't actually done one yet like do you as as ad men of sorts like what's the insight into the formula for perfume because obviously they work i assume i don't know if they do I, they I think it's potentially the newsletter we can't not run a tv ad i, do, I, <laughs> I don't know I, I i think there's i think there's so well i think there could be two parts so much one, green screen that that the whole perfume ad industry believes the art that they're creating, which is the the perfume mm-hmm. ridiculousness, whatever scenario they come up with. Or there could be the sinister side going, these are so kind of fucking batshit that people are definitely going to p- take notice in some shape or form. So it could be could be that, as in like when, when some, something's overdubbed really badly, you notice that quicker than you notice if it's perfectly overdubbed. So there could be a mm-hmm. bit of sinister element, whatever it is. I fucking love perfume ads because they're f- fucking ridiculous. This is it. I, I love the ridiculousness. Uh, of so them. bad, it's good. I yeah. perfume ads are so broken in my head when it comes to logic and trying to to um, assess. I've just compartmentalized, and until the day I have to think about perfume ads, I'm just kind of like, even when they come on TV, I'm like, no, that's that's clearly green screen. They had him for half a day. And now he's just looking at New York. Mm-hmm. Why is he wearing a tux? Hmm? Why is he wearing a... Why is there diamond? Those body, diamonds body would double, hurt her double, if they hit her double. in the head. Yeah, body double, body double. Yeah. And car ads kind of sometimes can can jump into that, especially concept car ads. They're like almost the... Oh, what an offensive concept, concept car, ad, yeah. car There's one I saw, oh. the Tom Hardy Audi one. I don't know if anyone saw that one where he's driving in the desert in like an Audi electric car of course it, was, uh, it felt like a male perf you know what i mean it was like that type of yeah no no, no just just mm. yeah we want dunes and cars in the future and dubai and yeah yeah <laughs> that's the whole that's the brief. whole brief yeah yeah that was the brief. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and we got this european director <laughs> he's done two shorts won two two awards and he's gonna do it he's the man he's the man for it um but yeah anyway what we're gonna do is we're gonna put up your ad now and we're going to have a watch of it and then we're going to discuss it. Well, it's been a great year and I'm real happy for myself because I had a great year. Of course, my wife did. She doesn't feel like she did it either. <laughs> and, uh, and listening, Sal. And uh, I want to tell you about how I met Howie. It was, it was like 1978 or something like that and we were in a room in Boston 
That's, that's so good, isn't it? Yeah, it's so much fun. I, it's, I, just, I needed to wedge it in there. Yeah, it's great. It's so, it's, um, a lot of uh, uh, f- Fatboy Slim Christopher Walken feel at the start. It's the same director. Uh, Go away. It is. That's so funny. You got it right away. So it's Spike Jones who did... Oh, uh, yeah. Spike Malkovich, Jones, her and... Her. Yeah. Jackass, most of Jackass. Did he? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's big in Jackass. He started with skateboarding videos. Right, right. Yeah, so he did an awful lot of stuff in Jackass. And also in Wolf of Wall Street, he's the guy who's selling the penny stocks. He's the manager. Is he? Yeah, he's in loads of stuff that you wouldn't even know randomly because yeah. he cha- he looks so different when he takes off glasses and hats and stuff. Oh, cool, great director. Who knew? But yeah, so it's it does have that Christopher Walken fat boy slim vibe um although then margaret quayley who is the main person in it she is like professionally trained dancing uh which like shocker it's the (laughs) actually choreography then is do you ever see the chandelier video for sia um and there's like a young dancer in it it was like really it was like big at the time 
that it was this young dancer and the choreography is it's by the same person and it is that kind of offbeat awkward nearly ugly kind of style of dancing in a way mm-hmm. but that's just so captivating um and what I love about the ad is that it starts you off in the perfume setting that you're used to mm-hmm. you know it's the it's the kind of gala or something everyone is beautifully dressed and you know we focused in on our girl she's like she's the one in the different color and you know it's who the focus is on and then it just takes it in a completely different direction that, well, I, lo- I love the, you know, the way they anchor the piece in that as in when she starts doing the dancing at the very start with the fish expressions you're like wait you're at no you're at something really fancy you can't be you can't be acting the maggot like this stop stop it so it, it, it kind it. of does that it gave you that kind of okay this is the context look how ridiculous she is at the at the minute but in it and then she just makes it her own which is fucking brilliant like it's like mm. she was literally dancing like no one was watching and and let that inner weirdo out especially in the first 60 seconds of the dancing that is just unadulterated weirdness and it was great yeah and like you know it still follows i think the track of the perfume ad where like you don't know what it has to do with perfume like it still makes no sense but if you're going to make a nonsensical perfume ad give me this unbelievable yeah. weird dancer in like this gorgeous setting it's a, it's you know a perfume ad targeted at younger people because i think the perfume ads that i generally see on television is like look at julia roberts don't you want to be like Julia Roberts? She stops fountains and everything turns to diamonds. Be like Julia Roberts. Be more Julia Roberts. This is more like, yeah, kind of conforming to that space, being in that dress and being, you know what I mean? Being all dolled up, but then really wanting to break out of it and kind of do your own thing. And I, what I loved about Erin, you, 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 you teed it up lovely, the way they grounded her at the event. Mm-hmm. but then and you're like you're thinking like that it's like oh god it's someone like your embarrassment is with her and then when she does meet another person they play along so you're like oh no they're like oh it doesn't actually matter she doesn't need to hide who she is she can do this and then it gets wilder from the minute she interacts with him you get your strobe lights and you get your laser fingers the lasers and- kill me you just <laughs> don't so expect it and the way she's hunched yeah. over and she just does it yeah like the comedy Brilliant. of it is so good and unexpected yeah yeah no um yeah really good um yeah it's so funny spike jones did that because like christopher walken a trained actor as well it's like nothing like anything else he does and it's it's class of music yeah for a minute i just thought it was it was a fucking music video i know i know well i remember whenever it came out and people were like can this be in like the vmas sure nothing else is comparing to it you know i can't i can't actually remember the name of the band um but yeah, it just it's another element of it, which just takes it even further in a way. Yeah, it's I just I'd love I'd love to see some of these brief and responses on perfume. You'd love to know how much of it is. Well, do you know, you know, the you know, the Christopher Walken video. What if we get Spike, <laughs> right? And we just change it up, modernize it, make it a bit wackier. Let's Spike just do whatever the hell wacky. Spike wants. Definitely like yeah. the buzzword in the brief like let's just let spike be spike let spike be spike we'll we'll get him to hit a few key notes with you know embracing it and yada 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 but let spike will do it it's grand he'll figure it out like i'd love to know for a modern day campaign so what 2017 they would have needed 15 second cut downs 30 second cut downs like obviously there's a hero piece which is nearly four minutes long 
That's I know. Only yes. feel like four minutes. So you would have kept watching that. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know that is, it's stunning contemporary dance. Mm. Do you know it's it's such a it's a cultural crossover. Like it doesn't dumb anything down at all. It's not being like oh, we'll make it a bit more appealing. If anything, a lot of it is kind of unappealing nearly in a way which keeps you captivated. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, it's it's so cool, so different. Can, I, lo- I like. Can, can and that we, they and that they brought on a... Margaret Qualley before she. This was kind of her debut, which is mm. like a really weird debut, but it kind of really works. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I'm 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 still processing it. To be honest with you, it's a lot <laughs> to there take there in. So, you're right, Jen. There was so much to take in there that we. We're talking about this for maybe seven minutes at this stage, six or seven minutes, and we haven't even mentioned how amazing that stare with the mirrors in the hallway that scene was from a production and just a visual stunning point of view with her suddenly everywhere just by running up a, a set of steps. That was class. And what I what I loved by that was it also fit the soundtrack. So there was a bit of me was like, did they have the soundtrack? Because her steps are matching the da 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 And I was like, did he hear the song and went, okay, I want her to interact with, with the music and the space at the same time. It's too perfect and, not to. But that's what I mean. So it's like, oh, that was literally the scene I went, oh, this is, it, it shows what's nice to have one person and just shoot in a really cool place. You can do something interesting with a mm-hmm. cool soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I the just, invisible camera. That was you know, I, I started reading an article with some of the production team on it. And I actually, I had to stop because I couldn't understand technically what she was describing that they had to do for the mm-hmm. staircase. Like it's a, oh, as you through, guys know, it's a, yeah, yeah. I'll see if I can find it and, and send it on to you. It's a, it's a technical feat that, yeah, I just couldn't even understand the language of it really. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they did it. Maybe yeah. They- yeah maybe you couldn't shoot the plank I don't know I need to read it I'm still processing it and by the way I'm pretty sure the bus she licks is Winston Churchill is I'm it? pretty sure it's Winston Churchill so I was looking good. at the bus yeah I was like why and yeah. I was like is there a reason for that is there a reason that's Winston Churchill maybe there's not maybe that's the reason it doesn't matter doesn't matter <laughs> um, but it's funny yeah because in the other kind of you know as I was chatting about it's all very much about yeah visual art and this thing that deserves this presence mm. and that we should appreciate and then she's fucking zapping these Ming vases and yeah busts and yeah I love the disregard yeah yeah it definitely changes it's you see her character go further into her head you know what I mean and kind of pull her out of that stuffy environment where she's expected to be a certain way like and even the fact that she's crying when she comes out of the room with the that single tear the single like like it's kind of like what 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 is happening what is the story of this person that like and then she gains like, real superpowers and does a proper like flying jump through a giant flower eyeball i'm like I, even saying that makes it sound like i'm on an acid trip <laughs> yeah if anyone was listening to this go watch this ad, Kenzo World on YouTube. Uh, it's you will not uh, regret it. But there's it reminds me that the Ming Vase scene with the laser fingers, which again is just class. Uh, it reminded me of there's a, a a sketch by Your Bad Self. Uh, it's a series it was on years ago on RT. But there's one scene where uh, there's one sketch where Donald Leeson is uh, an, a retail assistant in a menswear department, and he's over in the corner, and he's he's like describing out an x-men scene where he's like 
chopping stuff in half with his mind and the manager comes over and goes stop it now stop it we can hear you so like he's just whispering <laughs> and then he's like vroom, vroom, you know? and all the customers are just looking it was kind of like that where she thought this in her head and suddenly it manifests itself in in real life just beautiful oh god and did that kenzo perfume it didn't i thought i was expecting like a real tacky cha- tagline like lose yourself They're, i'm not going to be who they want me to be i was waiting for like something and it was like new fragrance new fragrance you wanna have. Yeah, here we go i'm pretty sure it was their first perfume so obviously it sets the standard as to where they want to go but i love like because obviously the bottle and everything it's the eye and obviously she jumps through the mm-hmm. big eye but i love just all the the nods to it which aren't overworked so like that one tier and you know that that's how the choreography starts off is with her eyes you know there's just really nice nods to it all that kind of keeps it there but not in a forced way no yeah very three very interesting ads susan very uh very different uh, all different from each other yeah but uh you definitely have that common thread of um art going through the art world being present throughout mm-hmm. them very interesting um but no i think that's a that's a great way to that's a that's a great one to wrap this uh this episode on i guess um is there anything else then from your point of view susan i guess um even on what you're up to yourself at the minute um from brand management and uh ux design is there any, if you got anything interesting coming up or you're just tipping along Tipping along mostly. I'm uh, I'm going on a more direct UX track at the minute though, so I'm looking okay. forward to more opportunities in that arena. All right. Yeah, UX is a is a rich world. Insurance, sure everything's UX. What did you baby. say before we started recording? Yeah, everything's <laughs> UX. I added the baby this time. If you didn't notice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's the camera's on you. You got to throw the People baby. People are listening to this. Who's a renegade? That UX renegade on. I love that ad yeah, last week. Get her on this project. Get her on this project. Um. Oh yeah, one question on the Kenzo. Do we know the creative agency? Oh, I don't. I got so sucked in by the the Spike Jones connection that I am not okay. sure of the agency. Uh, I apologize to whoever made yes. it. We'll see if I can find it after the fact, and I will put it on the title. Um, but yeah, no. Look, we'll leave it there, guys. Uh, anyone who has been listening to this, you can obviously view the episode on workwithfo.ie forward slash podcasts, and obviously all our archives from season one and now. This is the third episode of season two. Um, are all up there and if anyone has any other suggestions of ads in this space or they'd like us to look at just comment or hit us up on socials and we will leave it there for another week thanks so much sue that was a it was a really good episode really appreciate it okay see you guys thanks so much